Morning. Good morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. Today is Chav Dalatevis, the 290th Yardzev, Alter Rebbe, Balatanya, and the Rav, Shokhanarach. So we continue. We left off from Megillah 16a, the first line on top. So yesterday we learned it says they found, it should have said they found it was written in the past, Kosav. Why do they say Kosav? Because Shimshi, who was the reader, tried to erase. They didn't want Dachashvedish to reward Mardukai. And Gabriel came from heaven and wrote it in. At that. So he wrote it then. Shabbatsi said, Shila from the village of Tamarta expounded if something written here below and, he, and it's not erasable, Gavriel comes from heaven to make sure that it shouldn't be erased. Something that's written favorably for the Jews in heaven, which is Gavriel's uh, domain. Gavriel is in heaven, like all chicane, that surely it will not get erased. Okay, then Hashvedish uh, asked, so what reward was given to Mardukai? And he said, nothing was done there. Not because they love Mardukai did they tell Hashvedish that he was never rewarded. They just saying this Haman. They hated Haman. And they knew how said Haman would be to see Mardukai rewarded, like we said earlier, we learned yesterday, that, that they were jealous. Everyone was jealous that, uh, that Esther invited uh, Haman to the banquet, so Hashematers um, uh, got jealous, all the other ministers got jealous. So no one was there for him. He had no friends. <laughs> they loved Haman. They could have covered it up. They could have told Hashematers. That no honor was done to Mardukai. Which would have implied that that Mardukai should get honor. They didn't say that. What did they say? Nothing was done. In other words, what they're saying is, yeah, Mardukai should get something. Maybe should get a free beer. <laughs> you know, give him something. But that's it—a token. You know, give him a medal, a useless medal, yeah, whatever. But but don't don't do don't make a big deal out of it. So they didn't love Mardukai. If they gave Mardukai something, nothing significant, it would get Haman upset. But they didn't love Mardukai. They didn't want him to get anything special. Give him something, just enough to make Mardukai, to get, to get Muhammad angry. Says, Hechenloy, it prepared for him. Way to get a point, right? Says. Mm-hmm. They said, so Mardukai, who's, who's in the courtyard? They said, Haman. Because Haman prepared a, a tree, a gallow, to hang Mardukai. He was about to tell the king to hang Mardukai. I said, Hechenloy. We learn, he prepared his own gallows. <laughs> At the end, Haman was hung in the gallows that he himself prepared. That's what I mean. He prepared for himself. And he said, the king asked him, What should I do to someone that the king wants to honor? And he says, The king should ride the, uh, ride the king's. Yeah, yeah, give him the king's. The king's uh, he should ride the king's horse. When the king heard this, he says, Do this to Mardukai. Mm-hmm. He shocked Haman. Haman thought he was talking about himself. Instead, he said, Do this to Mardukai. I'm like, Manu Mardukai, which Mardukai? There's a lot of Mardukais. Every second Jew is called Mardukai. I'm like, I'm the Jew. I'm like, Tuva Mardukai could be Doi. You know how many Mardukais there are? Go in 770 and call Mendel. See how many people respond. You know how many Mardukais there are? <laughs> the one who's sitting at the king's gate. Haman said, It's enough to give him one village or one river. He can collect taxes. That's a nice reward. Hanami, I have a great idea. In addition to what I asked you to do, in addition, let's give him a city and let's also give him a river so he can make a nice living from the tolls. 
Don't admit anything from every anything that you suggested. All your suggestions are okay, are good. You should have said al tapil dover. What do you mean call should debate everything you said? Because Haman was giving suggestions, trying to avoid this embarrassment of Mardukai being honored. Here he was coming to the court to get Haman Mardukai hung on his gallows that he built for him, and next thing you know, it is being honored, national, nationally celebrated and honored. took the horse and the garments and the horse. He went and found the rabbis who were sitting for Mardukai. Mardukai's disciples, he was teaching them Torah. He was demonstrating the laws of Kemitza to the rabbis. The Kemitza was in the temple, the Kayan, how he takes from the, from the flower. And he would take from the from the flower. He would take with three fingers and have to have to take it fist fist the three fingers full, not more, not less. And he was showing them. He was demonstrating them. He bent his three middle fingers in his palm. Yeah. And that's the kaimitz. Even the chazi and mardukai. The apikle kavulei v'susi mechad b'dei mitzvahs. When mardukai saw that Haman was coming towards him with the king's horse held in his hand, he was afraid. Amlur told the rabbi, Surely he's coming to kill me. He knew that he was plotting. He's coming to kill me. Probably to bring me to his gallows. Go run and hide. So you shouldn't be burned with, by, by my coals. You shouldn't be affected. That moment, Mardachai wrapped himself in his cloak and stood up to pray. Also, Haman came and sat before them. He waited until Mordechai finished his prayers. He asked, well, what topic of study are you learning? In the times when the temple existed, because this is after the destruction of the first temple. Whoever pledged the mincha offering a flower would bring a fistful of fine flour and gain atonement. Your fistful, of three fingers full of flour has come. Pushed aside my 10,000 silver talents. Hmm. Amalei Rasha, Mordechai said, Rasha, you wicked one. Evet shakana nechasim, evet lemi nechasim lemi. If a slave acquires property, who does the slave belong to and who does the property belong to? In other words, I am the master. Remember we learned the other day? Mordechai purchased Haman for a few loaves of bread. So Mordechai was the master, Haman was the slave. So he says, whatever you own, 10,000 belongs to me. Right. Unbelievable. Taisa says, why did Haman choose this number, 10,000? It's a very interesting calculation. He says there were 600,000 Jews who loved Egypt, right? Everyone is obligated to give a half a shekel to the temple, treasury. Now, average lifespan is 70 years. When, do you start, when does it start, the obligation to give a half a shekel? According to most Rishonim, it's the age of 20, just like the Jews in the desert. The Jews in the desert, it's the, sixth, the age of 20. Today, the Rambam says that even at the age of 13, you're obligated. But anyway, the age of 20. So how many years are you giving a half a shekel? 50 years of your life, you're giving a half a shekel. So altogether, every Jew is giving in his lifespan 25 shekel. 25 times 600,000 is how much? That's about eight bucks in today's morning, right? Like that, 25 times 6 is how much? <laughs> about $10 in today's morning. Times 600,000. 15, 15 million. Comes out to 15 million shkalim. Yeah, the whole Jewish people. The whole Jewish people are giving, in their lifetime, they're giving altogether six, 15 million shkalim. A regular kikar of silver is... 1,500 shkollim. So 10,000 10,000 times times 1,500 is 15 million. 
So that's what he gave a half a shekel. For each half a shekel the Jews gave, he gave to wipe them out. Mm, amazing. Okay. Yeah, 50 years worth. A life spent. Go wear these garments, the, the royal garments, and ride this royal horse. This is what the king wishes to do to you. First, I have to go to the barber shop, the bathhouse, and I have to get my the barber shop, get my hair cut, because he was fasting. He was, he was, uh, you know. He was like uh, wearing sack and ash, uh, ash and sackcloth. Yeah, exactly. It's not proper to use the garments of the king in the state. Meanwhile, Esther sent an order and retained all the bathhouse attendants and all the barbers. So Haman would have to attend to Mordechai personally. <laughs> she shut down, she called a quarantine, COVID, and she shut down all the bathhouses and all the barbers. Right. So Haman himself had no choice. He himself had to take care of Mordechai. Haman himself went to the bathhouse and bathed him. And Haman went and brought the scissors from his house because he was a barber in the previous lifetime, right? And he cut his ear. While cutting it, Haman felt faint and he groaned. I said to Haman, Why are you groaning? I, who was the most valued VIP in the whole kingdom from all his nobles. Now I became a bathhouse attendant and I became a barber. I said, You wicked one. You weren't you not once the barber in the village of Karsum? I remember you in your previous life. You were, you were low, low life. Tana, we learn. 22 years he was the barber. After he gave him a haircut, he put on the royal clothes. He dressed Mordechai with the royal clothes. Okay, go up to the king's horse and ride. I can't. My fasting, my strength is weakened. bend down, and Mordechai stepped on his back to send this horse. He became his footstool. He when when went up. When Mordechai went up, he kicked Haman. Amalei likes him. Doesn't it say? Doesn't it say? Ben Feila Yivchal Tismar. Doesn't it say in Proverbs? King Shleima Melo says, "When your enemy falls, don't rejoice. Why? Why are you kicking me? You're seeing me in my humiliation. Isn't it enough? You have to kick me also." Amalei Hanimil Yisrael. Shleima is talking about your fellow Jew. By you, you Hamanite, you anti-Semite, you Nazi. About you, it's written, and you shall tread upon their high places. Right. And it says the reason why Mordechai merited it because Mordechai came from Binyamin. Binyamin never bowed down to Esau. All the other tribes bowed down to Esau. When Yaakov confronted Esau, they all, but Yaakov himself and all of the sons. Binyamin wasn't born yet. So Binyamin was the only one who never bowed down to Esau. He was the only one who was born in the Holy, uh, in the Holy Land of Israel. So he doesn't never bow down to Haman. Mordechai, who descended of Binyamin, never bowed down to Haman and kicked him. He doesn't bow down to non-Jews. The Rebbe would always greet. He would walk down the streets. He would meet a fellow Yid. He would bow his head. But if, if he met a, a, a non-Jew, we wish him good morning, his neighbors. And someone asked him, why don't you, why don't you, you know, just because we're Jewish, you don't say good morning to us, you just bow your head, and the non-Jew, whatever says, I, I don't bow a head to a non-Jew. <laughs> you know, you don't bow your head. You say good morning, you know, you greet them, you know, not to, to be polite, but, but, but to bow down, a Jew only bows down to Hashem. Or a fellow Jew, you bow down. 
When he was leading Mordechai to the streets of Haman's house, Hazisi Brati the Kaimegre, Haman's daughter was standing on the roof. So at Savra, Haider Achavahu, surely, who is riding? It must be her father. Who does the king want to honor? Who is the most VIP? Surely the honor. Why the mask? He came in Mordechai. Who is leading a father and is humiliated like that? It must be Mordechai. Chocolate, he the base She took, she took the the toilet bowl. With everything that was inside of it, she poured it out over the head of her father, thinking it was Mardukai. Dalei Nahaman then raised his eyes and she saw that it was actually a father. She humiliated the father in public. She <laughs> excrement all over him. She was so embarrassed that she committed suicide. She jumped off the roof and died. I knew this Mordechai returned to the king's gate and says, Haman went back to his house. He was ovil. He was like in mourning. And his head covered. His head was covered with excrement and he was mourning from the embarrassment, from the mourning for his daughter. His daughter just, just died, committed suicide. They were all in public, of course. Yeah, that's why it's so embarrassing and humiliating. First returned back to his sackcloth and his fasting. Why? Why did he return back? Because it was still the fast, the three-day fast. The first day was Erev Pesach, the 14th of Nisan. The second day was the first day of Pesach. And this was on the 16th. As how could you say? It says that Esther, after the third day, she went to see the king, and she asked the king tomorrow come for the party. And that night the king couldn't sleep, so it was after the three days. So what do you mean, Mordechai was still fasting? So, so Rashi says no. The third day, Esther, not the third day of the fast. It means the third day after they sent the messengers out, the third day after the 13th. So it was the 13th, the 14th, and the 15th, and that night he couldn't sleep, but the next day was still a fast day. It was still the third day of the fast. And Mordechai returned back to his sack and uh, to his ash and sackcloth. Fast. Haman hurried to his house mourning with his head covered. This means he was mourning for his daughter who just died. His head covered because of what happened to him. He was embarrassed. He had to cover his head. Related to his wife and to all his friends. First, he says his intimate friends. Then he says, Wise men. Why? Whoever says something wise, even if it's the nations of the world, is called a wise man. <coughs> so they replied with wisdom to him. Since they replied with wisdom, the Torah calls them they were wise. What did they tell him? If Martyr comes from the Jews, you're going to fall. There's no hope for you. Martyr comes from other tribes. You can prevail against them. From the tribes of either Judah, Benjamin and Ephraim, you won't be able to prevail in. Why? Yehuda was blessed. Yehuda was blessed by Yaakov and his deathbed that your hands will be at the neck of your enemies. Enoch and the others, Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh. It's written in Tilim, yeah. chapter 80, yeah. that before Ephraim and Menashe arouse your might. So you stand no chance. You won't prevail against it. So Binyam Mardukhaya had both. His father was from Binyam and his mother from Yehuda. So surely he's not going to be defeated.
The Jewish people are compared to dust and compared to the stars. Which one is it? Stars or, or, or dust? When they fall, they descend to the dust. When a Jew falls, there's no one lower than a Jew. The biggest low lifes in the world are Jews when they fall. When they rise, they rise to the start. There's no one greater than a Jew. In other words, a Jew, there's nothing neutral, there's nothing in between. We have this nuclear hot potato in our hands. Either you're going to blow up New York City with it, or you can light up New York City with it. The choice is ours. If we harness our godly energy through Torah mitzvahs, we light up the world. We bring so much goodness and kindness and godliness and good light to the world. God forbid. We're not connected with our Jewishness. We're not, we don't have that outlet of Torah mitzvahs. We're not, we, we, we are the ones who gave the world the gift of communism. We are the ones who gave the world many, many gifts, unfortunately. You know, not good gifts. Because either a Jew, that's what he says, the Jews are compared to dust or they're compared to the stars. And the kings arrived and they made haste. They brought him in a confused state to the second banquet, second feast. He didn't even have time to properly clean himself of all the excrement that is through in his head. So you imagine he came to the palace smelling completely. <laughs> he looks soiled, disheveled. So Esther, so Achashvedish asked him, what do you want? To Esther, so Esther told him, what should I do? My, myself and my people have been sold to be destroyed. Hmm. The adversary is not concerned with the king's damage. How much damage is going to bring to destroy the Jewish people? This adversary, Haman, is not concerned with the damage done to the king. He was jealous of your previous advice, Vashti, and had it killed. It was his advice. And look, look, look what happened to you. The damage, he didn't care about the damage, about the consequences. Mm-hmm. Even though it says Memuchon, but the Gemara said Memuchon is Haman. Mm-hmm. Now he's jealous of me and wants to kill me also. He doesn't even care about the consequences. Why does it say twice? twice he said at first he would speak to her through a spokesman when communicating in public he wouldn't speak to her directly he would speak to a spokesman who would, trans- would give it over but when she told him I come from the house of Shaul I come from royalty I'm a descendant of Shaul Oh, that's the case. We spoke to directly. First, he thought she was a commoner. It's not respectful for the king in public to speak to a commoner directly. Mm-hmm. But now he found out that she's now who she is. That she's from, she's herself is a Jew, and she comes from the first Jewish king from Shaul. He says, oh, forget about the throw away the interpreter. I'll speak to you directly. Royalty to royalty. Huh. He says, who is this vicious, wicked, evil person who's trying to do this? She said, this evil man, Haman. She was pointing to it. An angel came and pushed the hands towards Haman. She could have just said, this wicked Haman. Haman has it. Why did she say... Tsar, oh you, adversary and an enemy. So he said adversary and an enemy, she was referring to Achashvedis. Because yeah. he approved of Haman's plans. And then, she meant for Haman. So she first she was going to point Achashvedis and to Haman. But an angel realized how bad that would look. <laughs> so he pushed the hand to point at Haman. The king rose in his rage. The king returned from the palace garden. Pierce is returning to his rising. 
course. It should have just said the king returned. Of course, I know from the garden because that's exactly where he just went. Why does he have to say return from the garden? That he returned as he left in the same state of anger. In anger, what he saw in the garden, just like he left, he was angry, he returned from the garden also. What he saw in the garden caused him to be angry. Makima Bechema. He's returning from the garden with also the garden and found angels who appeared to be like men. And they were uprooting the trees of the garden. What are you doing? What are you, why are you destroying my garden, my beautiful garden? Haman ordered us to do this. <coughs> he was so angry. How dare? What's, who do you think Haman Who do you think he is? He's uprooting my garden. Mm. He's trying to kill my king, my queen. Also, Lebesi came back to his house while when they fell on me, the Haman was falling in the couch. One asked, uh, he says, Neufel. Why say Neufel in the, in the present tense? So he says, Haman, Neufel. In the past. An angel came and pushed Haman onto, onto Esther. Zachashvedah should think that he's assaulting the queen. I can't get rid of this, this scoundrel. If I'm outside, he's uprooting my garden. If I'm inside, he's attacking my wife, my queen. Woe from the inside, woe from the outside. He also dares to assault the queen while I am in the house. That's what he says. Vai Omar, Vai. Whoa, whoa. And he says also in the house, meaning not only is he boss in the garden, in the house, also in the garden. Whatever he's doing is he's messing everything up. He's trying to go against me in the garden and and in the house. Uh-huh. was one of the wicked ones. He also advised Haman to hang Mordechai. When he saw that his counsel would not be fulfilled, he ran away from Haman's side and tried to help Mordechai. And Hashem will cast him in. And he will not pity. From his assistance will surely flee. That even his former assistant will run for him. Like the sinking of the Titanic. They're jumping <laughs> off like rats off a, shink, a sinking ship. He, he smelled the wind. He sees that it's... The, so instead of throwing his lot with Haman, he jumped ship and he threw his lot with Mordechai. So when, when the advisors see, if the wicked man sees that finally is, he's going down, they run from him. They don't want anything to do with him. Because there's no real relationship. There's no real loyalty. There's no real... Guilty. Everyone is thinking about themselves. Every man for himself. Every man for himself. Yeah, yeah. All along with every man for himself. They want to ride. And... He says, <laughs> The king's anger abated. Why Because there were two angers that were that were settled. The king of Hashem. The anger of the king was soothed and the anger of Hashem against the Jewish people for bowing down, Hashem was appeased. Hashem was... Because obviously Hashem accepted their repentance because this was the downfall of Haman. Hashem was appeased, Hashem's anger was appeased and Hashem's anger was appeased. Amrile, others say, both referring to the anger of Achashvedr, Achashal Esther, one on account of what Haman tried to do to Esther, Achashal Vashti, and he was happy because he was upset because of Haman that he killed his wife Vashti, his beautiful wife Vashti, who we learned is one of the most beautiful women that ever lived. It says in the Chumash and Bereshis, Lekulam, Nasan Lish Khalifa, Smalam, Yam Nasan Khamish Khalifa. When Minyamin was brought to Yosef, so he gave to each one, he gave a, a, a suit, clothing. But to Minyamin, he gave five. After Davish and Tzadik, his mother asked, 
the reason why Yosef was singled out and their brothers were jealous of him because his father gave him a special clothing. So he's going to make the same mistake. He's, he's showing favoritism to Binyamin. He's giving him five times when he gives the brothers. We continue on six, on 16b. Because of a special garment that cost an extra two sloyim. A fine, fine wool. Because of that, it caused our ancestors to go down into Egypt. So he's going to make the same mistake. He hinted at him that he's going to have a descendant who who's going to who's going to come out of the palace with five royal garments. and he lists five different garments. Because revealed himself, it says he fell on the two necks of Binyamin. What do you mean two necks? A person has one neck. Why is he saying the plural? He cried over the two temples that will be in the portion of Binyamin. The temple was in the portion of Binyamin. And the two temples that will be destroyed. But it says Binyamin cried on the single single neck of Yosef. Why? Because on the single temple, the tabernacle of Shiloh, which lasted 369 years, that was in the portion of Yosef. And that will be destroyed. I see and the eyes of my brother Binyamin that I, I am speaking to you. I, Yosef, am speaking to you. Just like I'm not, I have no anger against my brother Binyamin because he had no part, part in the selling of Yosef. He wasn't even there. He wasn't even present. He was with Yaakov. I have no anger against you. No grudge, no anger against you. Like my mouth is my heart. I'm not a politician. <laughs> I say what I mean, I mean what I say. I'm telling you, I'm not angry inside of my heart, I'm not either. There's no trace of anger or resentment whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And Yosef sent his father Yaakov like this ten donkeys, carrying from the best of Egypt. My mitum mitraim, always the best of Egypt. He sent them old wine. Old wine that elderly people love. Old wine. Hmm. It pleases the elderly. They enjoy wine because it warms them, and the older the wine, the better the quality. So he was hinting at them also that that old wine. In other words, he never gave up hope that he will be reunited with his father. And therefore, the wine was at least 22 years old. He was keeping the wine, knowing that one day they will be reunited. And the brothers went and they fell before him. This is what people say. That a fox, when he, the moment of his reign, when it's his turn, you have to bow down to him. Right. He's meeting with success. Right. So he is the king now. Right. This is his moment when he shines, when he's successful. So you have to bow to him. So even Yehuda was the lion. So question now arises. But when the fox assumes leadership, even the lion has to show reverence and bow down to him. Tala was Yosef compared to a fox? Maybe to do some Why is he inferior to his brothers? Why is he a fox? Insignificant to his brothers. 
Because when, when Yaakov Yisrael, his father Yisrael came, when Yosef came to visit his father, he heard his father is sick and his deathbed. So Yisrael bowed down. The father should bow down to his son. Yaakov Yisrael should bow down to his son. Yaakov is the Rebbe. He's bowing down to his son. But because Yosef was king, that's the expression. And a fox, when he rules, you have to bow down. But in comparison to the brothers, Yosef was no fox. Yosef was royalty. Yosef was special. Yosef come to them and spoke to the hearts. He spoke words that resonated with him. Reassuring words. If ten lights cannot extinguish one light, it was after Yaakov passed away they felt that uh, Yosef was keeping his distance so he thought oh now he's going to take revenge so they came and they fell down they bowed down before Yosef and uh, they cried they said our father said you should, you should be kind to us of course he never said that because he never suspected Yosef they made up a white lie Hmm. Yosef comforted them and he said if ten candles could not extinguish one light you tried to kill me and you couldn't how could one candle you think I can harm you and harm you in any way and that resonated we're going back to the Megillah that light and gladness and joy and honor It says mitzvah is like a lamp and teira is like the light of the sun. Holidays with time of Simcha. Says over your word, and this refers specifically to Mila because it says Imra Secha, where Hashem said, not Hashem spoke, Dibur. And that refers to the mitzvah of circumcision. So he's referring to specifically the mitzvah of Mila. Why did uh, David Amelech rejoice over the mitzvah of Milas? The Gemara says. The Gemara says elsewhere in Menachas that David was in a bathhouse and he was upset. He was naked. He had no mitzvahs. But then he looked at his bris and he realized he had the mitzvah of bris of Miller with him all the time. So and the mitzvah that was given with the expression by Yemen. Plus it says that came in uh, oh, after yeah. his death. Yeah, we cut a and Bikarelitfilin refers to Tfilin. Because mm-hmm. Haman decreed that the Jews should not put on Tfilin. So after Haman's death, they were able to resume putting on Tfilin. Mm-hmm. All the nations of the world will see the name of Hashem is upon you and they will be in awe of you. Bikarel will give you honor. That these own sparring objects that they had fill in. Today is the yardstick of Alter Rebbe. This is the famous story. When Alter Rebbe was in prison, he put on tefillin, and all the guards started trembling. They were afraid to touch him. Because it says in the Gemara, when you put on tefillin, the Goyim are in fear of you and on you. So someone asked, I put on tefillin, and so no one is trembling in front of me. The answer was, look, Rabbi Leza says, it's film that's in your head. It's not just putting on film like a robot, like you're a machine, mechanical, you can't wait to take it off. You and the tefillin have no connection. The tefillin is in your head. The, the impact of the tefillin, you internalize the tefillin. You are, you become one with the tefillin. Then, someone like the Alter Rebbe, you wear tefillin like Alter Rebbe, then, yes, the nations tremble. The Rebbe points out that uh, these four things you have to make a sign a dis- something you need to distinguish in one thing and the other things that have no connection you don't need to make a sign you need to make a sign that to distinguish it like Yehudim so Torah 
refers to the oral Torah. The written Torah we know is divine, but the oral Torah seems so logical, logically compelling, and it has to engage your mind. So, why is that? What makes it holy? But for the Jews, Oira is a Torah. When you, even when you study legalese and the halacha and Torah and the Gemara and all logical explanations, understanding, you don't forget for a moment that this is godly and divine. Simcha, it's a joy of a holiday. You're drinking, you're being festive, you're being merry. So, but for a Jew, you never, you never forget that it's godly. It's not just I'm, I'm happy because I'm wearing nice clothes and I'm eating good food. It's a godly festivity. And uh, the sasen, fillin, fillin seems to be very, very simple. Leather hide of an animal, but for a Jew, it's godly and it's holy. And, and, and I'm, so, I'm sorry, but that's vikar. And the sasen, the briz, that for a Jew to take something, to take your uh, uh, circumcise and diminish your sexual appetite, and to make that even holy. You don't associate holiness with sexuality. You associate holiness with meditation and love and spirituality and higher levels of consciousness. But to take that organ, which is the opposite of holiness, and to turn that into something holy, this is a special, this is what's unique to the Jewish people. That oral Torah is holy, a festive day is holy, fill-in and black boxes, simple boxes, and yet it's divine and godly, and, and the bris. Okay. That's Pasham Dasa. I said it's in the Haman and Pasham Dasa, the ten sons of Haman. They hung. Haman, Haman, the Minyafu, from Yafu, I said it's in the Haman, and I said it's. There's the names of the ten, the ten sons of Haman. And the word I said is, you have to say it in one breath. My time or why? It's cool about that. They all died at the same moment. They all gave up their breath huh, at the same moment. Wow. Say we start Hamesh Meyasish and we say the ten names and we say Rasedis. Taisa says, but what if you didn't do it? You still fulfill your obligation. You still fulfill the obligation of Megillah. But nevertheless, ideally that's how you should read. You should read it in one breath. And that's why everyone has to read it for themselves. You don't have to read the Megillah for yourself, because the the, the one who's reading the Megillah can have your mind and you fulfill your obligation as if you read it. But he can't not breathe for you. <laughs> To say it in one breath, that only you can do it for yourself. Yeah. No, no, you know, you can't eat for you. You can't make an emissary, an agent to eat for you. Yeah. So to fulfill this obligation, to say it in one breath, everyone has to say it on their own and say it the same way, say it in one breath. How does you know that they all do it? Abu Rabbi Yechon says, It has to be a, a big Vav. As if an argument. The Rosh says it means a big vav, and that's what we write in our Megillah, it's a big vav. Hmm. Others say that he has to say it, the reader has to prolong the vav to make sure that you pronounce it. Others say usually a vav on the top, it's bent. This vav has to be erect. But we, we write a big vav, but if you, if you didn't write a big vav, the Megillah is still, still, is still kosher. Like a pole used by boatmen on the river Libris. These poles would, would navigate the boats away from the rocks. So it was long poles, I guess, big poles. All, this, all the songs. In the Tanakh, have to be written like a half a brick above a whole brick. And a levino gabiyadiyach, and a whole brick on top of a half a brick. Chutz with the exception of the Mishinazu Malchikanan, except the song of praise listing the ten sons of Haman who were hung, and also the song of praise listing the kings of Canaan in. In Joshua, the end of jo- in, the, in the book of Joshua, who were defeated by Joshua, there it's a half a brick and a half a brick and a whole brick upon a whole brick. So, he explains the half a brick is the writing, the brick, the full brick is the empty space. The empty space is double the size of the writing. 
So you have a writing in the middle of the line. Underneath it, you have a space that's double the size, because then you have at the edge, the next line, at the edge of each line, you have a wording. And then the third line, you have it in the center. So the, the space underneath the writing is double the size of the writing. And then it continues. So what's the point of that? Because no, it looks like a song. It's not written like everything else. It's unique. This makes it a song. Okay, exactly. oh, okay. It's separate from oh, the way everything else is written in the Torah. Mm-hmm. Like a song of Aziyashir. So verses, verses, the two exceptions, the listing of the Canaanites and the listing of Haman, it's one on top of the other. The writing on the top of the other. Yeah. My time, why? Why is it written this way? Should never be a recovery from their downfall. In other words, why is this the exception? Why the sons of Hava is written one on top of the other? Because there shouldn't be any place for them to widen beneath them. So if there were bricks on either side below, a full brick, they can find a firm footing to break their fall. You don't want them to break their fall. So therefore, there's no wider space underneath them. King said to Esther that in Shushan they killed they killed 500 people and the 10 sons of Hamad. Angel came and struck Achshveres in the mouth. He cannot complete his tirade against the Jews. He was angry at the Jews for killing so many people. But then he slapped him in his face and all of a sudden he changed his tone. All of a sudden he says, okay, what else do you want? What else? Whatever you want, I'll give you up till half of the kingdom. Like in, in, in mid-sentence, suddenly he changed his whole tone. Too. Before the king, he said with a letter that the wicked scheme of Haman should go against Haman himself. What does it mean, Amar, he said? should have said. she said. Amra, she was petitioning the king. Megillah right. should be recited from what is written in the scroll. No, she was saying nothing to do with what she said to the king. She was saying that the after the Megillah has to be written from a book, from a scroll, not by heart. It has to be written, said, from a scroll. Words of peace and truth. They were sent. The scroll was sent to all all the all the nations. That the Megillah also has to be etched lines, just like Hamidat just like a te- a Torah scroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't say anywhere in the Torah, but we receive it inside, and it has to be etched. Megillah also has to be etched. What? Some Rishonim say that a Torah does not have to have etched lines. When he says Amitah Shul Torah, referring to mezuzah. Because of, why is it called truth of Torah? Because it contains the Shema Yisrael. So just like a mezuzah needs etch lines, and Megillah also needs etch lines. Just like you say, Apichachmas Emes. Everything in Torah is Emes. When you say Apichachmas Emes, you're referring to Kabbalah. In Torah itself, Amita Shul Torah. My Menester Kayim, Esther's words validated these regulations for Pudim. My Menester Din, the Vat Samus Lay. My Menester Din, the Vat Samus Lay, was only Esther that caused the miracle, not the fasting. Surely the fasting also contributed. You're right, both things. The fast together with Esther's words brought the miracle of Pudim.
So it could be that's what the Ritva is trying to say, that he said, since then the Jewish corvette is a high standard. Mordechai was the viceroy of the king of Shreda. He was a great man and popular with most of his brethren. Most of his brethren, not all of his brethren. Some of the Sanhedrin separated themselves from him. Because now, since he became the viceroy, he couldn't dedicate himself solely to learn Torah 24-7. Now he was busy with, with, with things of the kingdom. Therefore, a Sanhedrin, for them it's important to learn Torah all day. So therefore, they, they, they separated themselves from him because he no longer, I'm sorry, with all due respect, I'm doing something very valuable, very important, but we no longer, we no longer treat you in the same way. I'm Rabbi Yasef, God the Talmud, Rabbi Yasef was also in the Farshish. They were his colleagues. colleagues, yeah, from the Jewish Supreme Court. Right, right. Rabbi Yasef says, the study of Tehidah is even greater than saving lives. Even though he was busy saving lives, we're not talking about life and death. Of course, that overrides anything else. Yeah. We're talking about, in general, that someone wants to interrupt Tehidah. Yeah. Maybe a potential threat for life. So Mordechai accepted the high position in order that he should be able to save Fort, any potential threat to life in the future. But the fact that he gave up Torah, so there were some rabbis who were not pleased about it. Because it's more important to learn Torah. How do we know this? In the beginning, Mordechai is counted after four sages. At the end, after the Purim story, Mordechai was demoted. His importance is went down, declined to the fifth one. Because he got busy with being a minister, and therefore he was, he was like demoted. His, his rank was declined. In the beginning, it says those who came to Rubavel from Babel were Yeshi, Yeshua. Nehemiah, Shroya, Reelaya, then Mordechai. The fifth one. Well, the Seif Ksiv, Aboim is Rebavel. Then, 24 years later, 24 years later, it says, Yeshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Ramaya, Nachmani, Mordechai, Balshan, and then Mordechai. He was number six. I'm a rabbi, 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 I'm Tatev study is greater than honoring father and mother. Your parents call it. All the years Yaakov spent the Academy of Avon, he wasn't punished. 14 years that he spent. For 22 years that he was away by Lovin's house, he was punished. And he didn't know if Yosef was alive, he was separated from Yosef. But the 14 years that he spent learning in the house of Shem and Eva, <laughs> starting Taylor was not punished. Here, everyone have a wonderful day. Tomorrow with Hashem's help, we're going to finish the first chapter of Megillah. And uh, we're more than halfway through the whole track. There.